everyone, and welcome to No Planet B, a podcast where we're talking about climate change and its effects on planet A. I'm Wyatt. And I'm Brianna. Uh, we are going to be talking about how the sun might be making you sad. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a rough summer, to say the least. I kind of wanted to start with the, the news that July is confirmed as the hottest month ever recorded. Ever. Well, is it ever or recent, like recent history you uh, know what i'm saying it says on record uh it says the eu's uh, copernicus climate change program analyzed the temperature data from around the planet and said that july was around 0.56 degrees celsius warmer than the average global temperature between 1981 and 2010 which th- this is kind of buck wild is that it's hotter than our july of 2016 which was the previous record but it w- the reason that one was so hot is because it was in the middle of one of the strongest el nino events ever recorded so, and this one, we're, we're not in El Nino right now, yeah? Yeah. There was, you know, Wyatt, I thought that that was the hottest year because there were a lot of good albums, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> what albums came out in 2016? <laughs> Hold on. I don't even want to say this is the, Now you've done this to me. <laughs> List of 2016 albums. Oh, Blonde by Frank Ocean. I mean. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Life of Pablo, Kanye West. Yeah. No. Hey, dude. Yeah. It was a hot summer. It was a hot <laughs> it summer. It was actually a pretty hot summer. <laughs> anyway. Drake views. That was pretty, I don't know, to each their own. <laughs> now, was Green Day's Revolution Radio any good? Because... That may have made the global temperature a little bit cooler. Let's see. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> no, it says 98% of uh, everyone uh, on Google liked this album, so definitely didn't help with the temperature increase. Yeah, so this this year, 2016 was so damn hot because it was one of the strongest El Nino events on record. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Fine. 2019 comes around and says, hey, check this out. Not <laughs> our El Nino events, not that strong. However, our July... Still hot as hell because of uh, Ariana Grande, Frank Ocean, and Beyonce. Just kidding. It was it was carbon emissions, but right. <laughs> but the summer has been hot as hell. Yeah, it said June was the hottest as well. So um, June was the hottest. Yeah, like the, well, no, June is the hottest June. So July, oh. is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like June that. was the hottest June ever recorded, and July of 2019 was the hottest month ever. It says heat waves have increased in frequency, rising from an average of two a year to six a year in the last five decades. So we, we thought maybe one interesting thing to talk about is uh, how climate change and how this heat is going to be affecting mental health. One, one starting place is a little research article um, from the International Journal of Public Health. Uh, this one's from 2009. Researchers are talking about, and we can put a link in our, in our reference doc here, but um, three main mental health effects coming from climate change. First will be affecting mental health by inflicting more and worse natural disasters on human settlements, which generally will cause anxiety-related response and later chronic mental health problems. The second one is it'll increase the risk of injury and physical health problems, which are related to mental health. And then the third one is that it'll endanger natural and social environment on which people depend for their livelihoods and well-being. So first one being literally a hurricane coming through natural Mm -hmm. disaster destroying a settlement which will 
cause anxiety and can later cause chronic health problems. Second one being, you know, heat stroke or an actual physiological damage. The third, it'll endanger natural and social environments. So places that people will depend on for their livelihoods. Um, and that could be like people who depend on aquaculture, for example, and how that would affect their livelihood and therefore their mental health. So we've got those three. Then we have an article called Climate Grief from Kaiser Health News. Yeah, basically people are getting overwhelmed and depressed um, because of the issues of, you know, climate change and everything. Yeah. Um, people just really are anxious about it. <laughs> they have in quotations, climate distress, climate grief, climate anxiety, or eco-anxiety. I think that's Eco-anxiety is it slips off the tongue pretty easily. I really like that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... And there's also a poll showing that it's more of the younger crowd that's worried about this, which makes sense to me because, yeah, I mean, if you're old, you're like, eh, I'm not going to be around that much longer or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But then there's a us who, I mean, if we want to start a family, like that's something to think about, you know? Mm hmm. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Um, but so there was a uh, United Nations climate report that came out last October and apparently after that, people started talking about climate change in their therapy sessions. So this is a therapist named Andrew Bryant who says, some people expressed anxious feelings and we kept talking about it over our next sessions. Yeah, I mean, sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a, um, I, I was curious about this because uh, you, I feel like you and I are able to talk about this stuff enough that it doesn't, it maybe doesn't depress us. Because yeah. environmental science kind of is our passion a little bit. And so being able to talk about it and being able to talk to experts and stuff is actually pretty fun, even though the, you know, the premise is a little bit grim. I don't ever feel that super depressed about it. Uh, so I did a little Instagram poll to see how many people felt like that. were also feeling that. Yeah. And it was quite a few people talking about how their therapists. Yeah. No, I had some people actually tell me that like they would tell their therapists hey, like climate change is coming and, you know, it, it threatens our generation and generations after us. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. It, um, I think for me, it, it doesn't depress me as much as it used to because when I first heard yep. about it, I was kind of living in this bubble where I had no idea what was going on. And like, like when you first hear about the crazy effects it has on the environment and people and health, it really gets to you. But I think I've found hope in the fact that I'm dedicating myself to trying to do something about it. So that's where I'm yeah. kind of coming from. In this article, this um, it's Kaiser Health News. Someone said yeah. that they, they found activism as a form of therapy. So That's so cool. Yeah. So an April survey by Yale and George Mason Universities found that 62% of Americans were at least somewhat worried about climate change. Of those, 23% uh, were very worried. Yeah, like you said, earlier it's, it's mostly younger folks for sure um in 2019 there was a gallup poll it said that 54 percent of ages 18 to 34 were more concerned uh 38 percent from 35 to 54 and 44 percent was 55 and older so that's kind of a weird little sandwich so 35 to 54 years old you better start worrying more you know, this might be totally like bullshit, but what if the older people... Yeah, I love that. <laughs> the older people just have more time on their hands and they research more? I don't know. Like, what do you think oh, about okay. that? Yeah, maybe 35 to 54 is just the busiest age. Yeah. Those, are, those are the people that are in the thick of it right now. 
You're just like hyped up on coffee, going to work all the time, and then you just want to go to bed and not really read anything. I mean, yeah, I, so I can like, see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So 18 to 34 was like, yeah, I'm really worried because, you know, I learned about all this in high school and I'm learning about it in college right now and there are climate strikes everywhere and, you know, we can see the effects all around us. The the 55 and older were like, yeah, I've read about this too. And, you know, or even like it's in the newspaper or whatever. Um, but the 35 to 54 year olds, the middle group was like, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also imagine like we're, we're living in a time where people don't really trust like scientists. I mean, that in itself is anxiety inducing. Um, yeah, so, very much. Like imagine like the people you're supposed to look up to, you don't trust. I feel like that's an issue yeah one of our articles is that i mean it's, it's actually a positive article trust in scientists rising mm-hmm. but it's a very small margin <laughs> it's um, a very small number to begin with the proportion of people who say they have a great deal of confidence um in scientists to act in public interest increased from 21 percent in 2016 to 35 percent mm-hmm. in 2019 pennies to dimes baby <laughs> yeah that's a low number but if the trend is increasing i guess that's positive you know you were saying something about how like people are more likely to trust people they interact with Um, yeah one of the findings of this npr article is that people are more likely to trust what's called practitioners so like um 48 percent of people who took a survey say that doctors make fair and accurate research statements compared to the 32 percent for medical research assistants so or research scientists people that you communicate directly with tend to be more trusted than those that are just deep in the research. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I I don't know. I think maybe that could be an area that scientists could improve on, maybe get out more and talk to people face to face. Yeah. Here's um here's one thing that I kind of wanted to read cuz Bree, we talked about this for a second right before we recorded and you had a pretty interesting take on it, I think. So, Mary Dakuma 33 and her husband decided not to have children because they worry about how difficult the world might be for the next generation yeah you can't worry about your kids future if they don't have one you know yeah that's depressing (laughs) (laughs) look so you you mentioned that you would like you'd consider not having a kid right yeah i think so because i mean obviously not everyone's gonna share this viewpoint but since Mm. i'm i have more of like a science background I, i understand the effects having children have on the environment and it's all it's in our biological nature to be selfish and want to have kids and some people will say that's not selfish but I mean think of all the children that have already been born and don't really have homes so I mean I feel like having children in itself isn't yeah isn't very pro-environment um I mean I can definitely see why people want to have kids I mean everyone wants to have like a little mini version of themselves just out of sheer curiosity but i feel like personally if i want to not be hypocritical and want to you know kind of live a sustainable lifestyle having children shouldn't be like the top of my list of things to do because everyone has such a big carbon footprint in general and just adding to that isn't helping but yeah. if you did want to have a family so, you know adopting that makes sense to me i don't know that's just my opinion <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah of course no, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. So in, in 2017, there's a paper in uh, Environmental Research Letters that discussed different lifestyle choices that you can make to reduce your greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. Having having one fewer child was easily, like far and away, the biggest way to reduce 
carbon footprints. So if you don't have a kid, this is, I mean, this is a, obviously a crazy number in that it's going to be different depending on so many different mm-hmm. things, but that redu- having one less kid could reduce 58 tons of CO2 emissions per year. Yeah, definitely. So just to put like a number to that idea, 58 tons of carbon <laughs> of CO2 per year. And the, um, the distant second option was living car free. And that was at 2.4 tons CO2 every year. But I think in the article, what Mary was more concerned about was not her footprint, but what the child would have to face as a consequence of everyone else's footprint. So that's also something I would take into mind, you know, like having a child that would have to live in these times of extreme temperatures that, you know, not everyone had to go through before. Like you have a kid and they say, hey, I didn't ask to be born. What's all this? Yeah. What's all this sea level rise? (laughs) (laughs) Why would your kid sound like that? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was like a Benjamin Button scenario where they came out an old man. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. Fine, fine, fine. Um, Yeah. So Mary, who her and her husband decided not to have kids, said the general anxiety about climate change made that decision for us. And now we can plan for that. Yeah, yeah. Having it already decided has helped to ease my state of mind. So they've they've saved at least 58 tons of CO2 per year. At least. At least. Thank, Thank goodness. Do what you got to do. That's awesome. Shout out. Um, and then it to, shout out to uh, Mary. 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 In talking about sort of the mental health effects of climate change, one of the ways to alleviate that, according to Dr. Janet Lewis, a clinical assistant professor at the University of Rochester, New York, recommends building relationships within a like-minded group, hopefully not only in a like-minded group, but, mm-hmm. you know, and that can involve group therapy, environmental activist groups, or online communities. So, you know, like a podcast, maybe. Maybe. Maybe sort of like a podcast or maybe sort of like the engaged audience of a podcast that would be there to make fun of us when we get things wrong or to <laughs> participate in the conversation or to learn or to teach us, you know, maybe one of those communities. Yeah, absolutely. I think sharing concerns is important mental health yeah like how um yeah why it's <laughs> customers at his coffee shop are concerned about his <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna do me like that uh yeah so i did get a haircut <laughs> it's totally totally 100 percent unrelated but i did get a haircut the other day i work at a coffee shop and i had a regular come in see my haircut say hey did you get a haircut i said yes and she visibly frowned and said why <laughs> sucked dude it's already cut i can't do anything about it after that that's kind of my response to every article like about climate change i'm just like why why and then they tell you it's already happened i don't know i don't know i I did have this is my last tangent I, i did have a friend of mine when i was approaching a group of friends i had a friend of mine say the he said the phrase out loud Oh, here comes Wyatt to tell us about how the earth is dying. So that's kind of where I'm at in my, which I was like, yeah, true. Here I go. And away I go. Oh my God. That's incredible. So have you talked to your doctor about climate change? I've talked to my doctor about a plethora of other things, but I have not talked to them about climate change yet. Uh, There's this article. (laughs) 
so basically I, i'm not sh- like my opinion i'm not sure why this guy asked his doctor <laughs> why is less <laughs> why was yeah, last, okay why was last summer so hot and i guess <laughs> the doctor was like oh here you go here's why so here's why out in his favor listen up fool yeah no that's very funny <laughs> uh someone who <laughs> basically in this article um a man michael howard arrives for a checkup with his lung specialist mm-hmm. and uh basically he's having trouble breathing because of the heat and the humidity and he needs um more oxygen than he's able to get through his system mm-hmm. and uh so like the heat's kind of exacerbating that and making it worse and then then the here's i'm going to read out the sentence it says then howard turns to the doctor with a question she didn't encounter in medical school can i ask you last summer why was it so hot to which your doctor could to which your doctor would probably be like i don't know climate change i mean like your doctor would, will know that much right like um, unless they just happen to be this doctor this so. doctor this doctor had pamphlets ready she did apparently she but so there are, there are health concerns coming with with climate change that are going to be connected to mental health like we were talking about earlier right because who wants to be sneezing all the time that'd make me and sad. having a heat stroke and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> the world health organization calls climate change the greatest health challenge of the 21st century which just gave me anxiety so hold on let me call my therapist real quick <laughs> yeah and one one thing that this article just mentions is tough is that there aren't going to be guidelines for what what patients can do individually in climate change other than like you know if it's too hot stay inside but you know most things you can tell your patient what to do climate mm-hmm. change is something that is just going to be affecting all of us so brie we just you graduated yeah you paid a lot of money <laughs> for a piece of paper and uh i did I as well yeah we both and did. so we both did both and now it's time to get <laughs> now it's time to get a damn job how can i get a job that fights climate change let's figure it out <laughs> let's figure that out right now i'm checking i'm scoping out the united states department of labor bureau of labor statistics it's basically a list of fastest growing occupations mm-hmm. with the highest percent change of employment between 2016 and 2026 so it's so in like 10 it's years, on the rise right mm-hmm. it's awesome. saying what jobs are on the rise so like how much they're going to be changing compared to what they already are solar photovoltaic installers is the number one highest percent change of employment between 2016 and 2026 so highest projected like job that's going to be increasing that's really cool what about like um sustainable djs (laughs) sustainable all djs are already sustainable well i mean you know like mixes about the earth can you guess what the second highest uh percent change job is Dipping or rising? Rising. Um, give me, hmm. It's in the same vein as the first one. Same. Uh, or very, very similar. It's alternative energies. Are we talking wind power? Oh, we are talking wind turbine service technicians. 96%. That's pretty cool, too. This is out of all jobs, by the way. This isn't like, of sustainable jobs, which ones are going to grow the most? These are literally just the highest percent change in employment. I don't know if this is already a thing, but what if you could, like, merge solar panels onto windmills? You know what I'm saying? Like, put it on the propellers, and so you're kind of, like, knocking out two in one? Or am I crazy? Is that, like, not something? I don't think you're crazy. 
I don't think you're crazy at all. I think that's a <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. Right? Um, It'd be like less yeah. space. People are always um, bitching. I don't like solar panels. They're ugly. Like same thing with the wind, but like people hate if, those too. Yeah. If you could merge them, then it would be less surface area and less people bitching about it. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Hit me up I if think, you think that's a good idea. Whoever is listening. <laughs> I bet there's like maybe something in there, but maybe the engineering of turbines is like maybe that would be too heavy for them, or maybe there's not enough surface area. Oh, also they have to be pointed at a certain angle, depending on the sun's like trajectory. So maybe that's not super practical. Now it's time to hop to Twitter. With that, boys and girls, we find ourselves in Twitter again. Again. Uh, we find ourselves here pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And it's there's just a lot of conversation going on here um, about science, about politics, about policy. Um, oh, while I'm stalling for time, I <laughs> did. You, have you listened to the new 1975 yet? Um, is there new? Uh, yeah. Like it could be, it's, have you, it's, you know how the 1975 releases a song called the 1975 for every record they release? Yeah. It's like the first song. They released it. <gasps> That's sick. So they're making another album. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's Greta Thunberg talking to the 1975 sort of this like orchestral background for five minutes. That's oh my, it. I'm gonna, no... Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. It's really, really neat. Wait, should we try to... We should try and reach out to him. To just the 1975? <laughs> yeah, no, can we? Because, like, I would die. I love them so much. Yeah. Do you think he has and Yahoo then... Messenger? Or they? Sorry. <laughs> they. They... Uh... It's not just Maddie. My bad, guys. <laughs> the band manager and founder of the label Dirty Hit, Jamie Oborn, said that the group and label were going to minimize their environmental impact. So they're going to use... They're going to phase out single-use plastic, no longer use jewel cases, which is kind of nuts. If you know, like jewel cases are just like traditionally what CDs come in. So I'm kind of interested to see what they'll have instead. And they're working to minimize the impact of vinyl production. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, The vinyl are going to be wrapped in paper packaging. uh, And they've sourced a biodegradable shrink wrap, which they can integrate fully once their production plants have full access to it. Also, the 1975's merch line will be repurposed old clothes. Old clothes old. put into new garments. Old. That's so cool. I like That's neato. I'm down. Well done, Dirty Hit. Well done, 1975. Thank you, Greta. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> This is No Planet B. And if you guys ever, like, want to talk to us, we reply super fast. Or Wyatt, rather, because he's ahead of all the social media. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we love, like, interaction. Like, if you guys have any ideas for future episodes, that'd be really cool. Um, Or anyone you think would be interested in being interviewed with a interest in science that'd be sick absolutely um, yeah and we're uh no planet yeah. cast on twitter and on instagram um i think brie at one point mentioned making us a tiktok i don't know how that's going that's in the works we did yeah you can't rush you can't rush greatness you really can't <laughs> we did not a joke make a linkedin um and so maybe maybe we'll see, we'll see you all there as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
maybe next we finally get on MySpace. Who knows? Share the episode if you if you want. Um, you know, best best way to deal with climate change is to at least to start with talking about it. So we're glad you're listening, and we hope it starts a conversation. Um, yeah, we hope you guys have a we hope y'all have a uh, good rest of your hot summer hot ass summer and thank you for listening bye bye <laughs>